Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Manchester campus. First of all, I just want to say I love Jesus. I mean, what an amazing time that we have here this season. It, this is a time when, honestly, we just get so... We get busy, you know, with, with Christmas season. We get busy with the family events and, and all the things that we... We come to kind of culturally expect, but we sometimes just need to chill out. <laughs> we just need to, we need to stop the madness, stop all the crazy spending just for a split second. Now, you know, I don't know, I like to spend money on my family, right? We like to do that. But sometimes we just have to like cut out the noise and go back to Jesus because out of all year long we talk about Jesus, but do we really spend time with him? You know, do we really make that personal connection with him? And so, well, bringing heaven to earth. That's what this whole series is about. It's about Jesus. It's about that lightning bolt from the sky that came to earth and truly changed the entire world and everything that we experience in this world. Jesus, he, he made such an impact. Um, couple things. Last week we talked about the presence of God. Before it was, uh, you know, week one, we we were talking about Jesus in the respect of the uh, literally mind blank presence. Today's purpose. Oh goodness. Uh, hope, yeah, it was definitely a hopeful time. <laughs> we were talking about Jesus. We were talking about Jesus, people. <laughs> Literally mind blank, but that's okay. Um, we, we were talking about last week about the presence of God and why it was, it was important for the presence of God to come. And we talked about how God made himself vulnerable for us to realize that we were valuable to him and that he intended for us to experience relationship with God. We were never meant to be without God. We were never meant to be without his presence. You know, and and in the same way, we remember that we have to make ourselves vulnerable too so that others would see Jesus and that others would see how, how valuable they are to God through us. And so... He came to bring heaven to earth, the kingdom of heaven to earth. Today we're going to be talking about his purpose. His purpose coming as fully God and fully man. And honestly, you would think that we've talked about his purpose through his presence and and the problem. That's what it was, the problem. See, it came back. It was the problem in the promise Right? And then it, w- it was about his presence last week. You would think that we've already talked about his purpose. But honestly, there's so much wrapped into the reason for Jesus. We're going to get deeper into why Jesus. Jesus came to save. He came to save us from the curse of sin, the wrath of God, and the devil's plan to destroy. That's what we're getting into tonight. I wish that the people, unbelievers in this world, would, would 
just understand the person of who Jesus is. I think that there, for many people, they, they, they remember the story of Jesus around Christmas. And for some, maybe that story of how he came as a baby in a manger, that at one point in their, their lives, there was a sense of mystique. There, were, there was some uh, magical wonder around it at one point in, the, in their lives. But now they're older, there's a disconnect. The, the wonder and mystique is gone. It's just another story. Sometimes it's a joke. And Christmas doesn't become about Jesus at all. And maybe it's, it's time itself that lends to losing that connection. Maybe over time, people's decisions began to bear down on them. The, the things, their mistakes, the sin, all the stuff that they, they, they piled on over and over and over in their lives. It created that distance between God and that individual. You know, I've asked a lot of people over the years to come and visit church on Christmas Eve. It's, a, it's an easy invite. You know, hey, it's Christmas Eve. Come to church with us. Yeah. You know, it, it, we, always, we always try to make this the big holiday. You know, those that come once or twice a year to church, you know, you reach out to them and say, hey, come to the church. It's Christmas, for goodness sake. You know, and, and they're like, oh, no, no, no. I have a lot of friends that are like, no. If I stepped in the church, a lightning bolt would strike me down. <laughs> Or you, you know, I'm pretty volatile, you know, or, or the church building is just going to burn to the ground. And I'm thinking, wow, but I, I understand where that's coming from. And honestly, that, that feeling that, of that disconnect is warranted. It's warranted in the, in the respect that their sin has separated them from God. See, the, the reason why they feel this way is because it's part of the curse. And a lot of people don't understand that. They, were, they are under the curse. See, Jesus, like the rest of us, came into this world. From the very beginning, he had destiny, a powerful destiny. He came into the world as a vulnerable child like every one of us. But his destiny was that of like a, you know, a, a, a box office movie, smash hit action movie. Like, and he's the, he's the guy that comes in like a, you know, a Sylvester Stallone and he, he takes over and, and his destiny is so massive that it, it's, it's something that stories are made of. It, it has such a huge impact on all of creation, on all of our lives. The fact we're talking about him still after 2,000 years is incredible. He had destiny, and I'll tell you why we have that destiny in him. The things that happened around his life were pretty wild coming into the scene. In, in the, Luke 2, I want to take us to Luke 2. Uh, this is the story about when he was born. 
Luke 2, 1 through 14. And I'm probably going to go a little bit farther than that. But the main text is here, Luke 2, 1 through 14. And it says here, I'm reading from the ESV version in case your Bibles sound a little bit different. We tend to stick to the ESV. No big deal. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine all the world be registered? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they had, they, I mean, it wasn't even, well, this was about the, the, the beginning of the Pony Express right here. And this was the first registration when, um, uh, Quirinius, uh, thank you, Sarah. I said it before earlier this morning, and I was like, hey, I got it. Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, and David comes from Bethlehem to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with, with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Enter the shepherds and the angels. In verse 8 here it says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to, to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were, they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And I want to continue here. And, and it says in verse 15, When the angels went away from them into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem to, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Why was there singing in heaven? Why was there such a great celebration in the heavens? 
Think about this. You see, the master's plan was unfolding before their very eyes. You know, the victory of God against the enemy's works was literally coming to pass and was won that very night. Many of us think that Jesus won when he died on the cross. And it's true. You can make that argument. But you guys see that they, they, he, God won the day Jesus was born. And we, we, so we, we almost like disregard the idea of Jesus coming into this world in such a vulnerable form because it's foolishness. That, he, that the Savior of the world would come in so vulnerable. Just like everyone else. But Jesus was born. And it's an amazing thing that God even moved civil government. He used Caesar Augustus to move Joseph and Mary clear across a country back to their homeland to fulfill a prophecy, which is found in Micah 5.2. And Micah 5.2 says, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrath, Ephrathah, Bethlehem Ephrathah, okay, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, who whose coming forth is of old from ancient days. Micah, the prophet, was telling about Jesus, and he explained that he was born. He was to be born, to come out of that lineage, to come out of that, that, that town specifically. See, God's war cry was the sound of a baby. God's war cry was the sound of a baby. But I can tell you that in the heavens, it was that of a loud and roaring lion. But to everyone else that was on earth, it was the sound of a crying child. And that's why the angels were moved. Because in the heavenly, when something happens on earth, my goodness, what is happening in heaven? The shaking, the rumbling, the cause for angels to come out of heaven and appear before men. I would have loved to have been there for this specific time in history, just to have seen that. But I want to pause here for a moment, and I, I, I don't want to forget those people that we were talking about earlier, you know, friends and family, um, people that we are, we are constantly inviting and talking about in church. I want to I take time to remember them right now and remember that God loves them, but realize that they are under the curse of sin. And they don't feel as though that they can get close to the power of God. But Luke reveals something pretty incredible to us about how God really doesn't care how good an individual is. Yeah. What he cares about is he came for all, every single individual. Let me explain something. Back in verse 8, it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. That's it. Jesus 
God, when Jesus was born, God took it upon himself to talk to the shepherds. Let me give you why this is important. The shepherds were literally the lowest of the low in the culture. Okay, they, they had, they were, they were, they've been glorified over years. Okay, we, we see the shepherds, we're like, oh, I want to be the shepherd, and you know, in the play, oh, let me be the shepherd. If I told you really what they were, you would be like, no, I, I'll be a sheep. <laughs> because the, they, were, they were the lowest, they were, they were slaves, they, ne- they didn't own sheep. They took care of other people's sheep. And do you under- understand this too? Culturally, in Israel, they had flocks because Israel was not a very wealthy nation in, in Egypt. Remember, too, that this was a period of time when Caesar Augustus whipped them. I mean, they, the Israelites were under captivity during this period of time. The Egyptians, an incredible army, an incredible sophisticated society, they, they didn't even have shepherds. They didn't even have sheep because sheep were not even worthy enough to be sacrifices in their culture. So they didn't even have shepherds in the Egyptian culture. So this was very unique to a very poor uh, culture. And not only that, but they were kept out on the outskirts. They were kept on the outskirts of the city. And when Jesus appeared, and when God chose to speak to the shepherds, it was a very special time because they weren't allowed near the city gates except for one time in the year. And it was about this time. So the lining up of all these events, were, it's amazing. God chose to tell of this great miracle to the lowest of the low. Not to dignitaries, not to kings, not to riches, not to influential people, but literally the, the, the dirtiest scoundrels, the, the, the people who had no future, the people that were working as a slave for someone else. Jesus was born and God chose to tell the good news to those that were slaves. Pretty amazing. He revealed his master plan to the shepherds. He came to the ones that couldn't come to him. God came to the ones that couldn't come to him. Not only did he reveal it to the shepherds, but he chose not even to reveal it to the religious, the Pharisees. They were in the dark even though they, they had prophecies. You see, God's love is so great that he reached out first to the poor, to, the, to those who had no future. Not only that, but he also shared his name with them. This is really great. He shared the, the name Jesus to the shepherds And in his name was his mission. So not only did he say, 
there is a, this, this miracle is taking place, one who is, he has come to save all. He says his name, and his name, Jesus, means God saves. Yeah. Powerful. Hmm. Immediately, his mission applies to them. You see, in, it, in everyone's life, before Jesus enters the scene, the devil is working out his plan. The devil has been working out his plan to keep people in bondage. He's been doing this since the, since the garden. Keeping people entangled in their own doing. Keeping people entangled by their own desires. Trapped in the curse of sin. But God came to dismantle the enemy's work. And it says this in 1 John 3, 8. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the enemy. The works of the devil. You see, when he came in, he dismantled the works of the enemy. We all know that First of all, the curse of sin is this. We all know that it's impossible not to sin without the Holy Spirit, right? Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot be good. You can be good, but you can't be sinless. You cannot be without sin because sin goes beyond your actions. It goes into the heart. It goes into every part of who you are. So being good doesn't even matter according to God. Who could top that? How can you get into heaven? No one's worthy to get into heaven. But God did an amazing work by dismantling the works of the enemy, and he came and became the sacrifice for sin. And the reason why he could be the perfect sacrifice for sin was because he himself was sinless. It was a choice to take on sin for us and completely remove us from the curse so that the Holy Spirit could work in and through us. And give us freedom. God showed us in that very moment, that evening, that we were worthy of being saved. And here's what I pray for each and every one of us to understand is that the people that we love, that we're reaching out to, they are worthy. They are worthy. You take the worst criminal, you take the worst guy who is in prison for doing horrible, horrible things, he is still worthy enough that God came and saved him in that very moment. And who are we to judge? Who are we to put up walls against those people? And that's an extreme, but it could be somebody who you've been witnessing to, you've been sharing the love of Jesus to, and they just aren't, they aren't coming around. It's almost like, it's like, I just give up. I, God doesn't want you to give up, but he does want you to encourage, he wants to encourage you and let you know that they are worthy of being saved because God came for everyone. He showed that to us when he revealed himself to the shepherds. He showed it. See, God came to reveal his glory, and his glory is Jesus Christ. 
when we ask others to join us this Christmas Eve, I want us to um, have the same honor. I want us all to experience the same honor as the angels did that evening who went out to the shepherds and declared, Behold, glory to God in the highest. You know, for unto you a child is born. That moment that the angels had was an amazing honor for the angels to be able to declare it. And God has given us the same kind of ability to experience that joy, to experience that, that earth-shaking rumbling, the heavens that shook that evening. We need to have that same understanding, and I want us to pray for that understanding. That we could say, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth among, among those whom he is pleased. What does this mean? What does it mean that he is pleased? I'm talking about, like, for us, okay? Think about before you came to Christ, was he pleased with you? I mean, were the things, because you were under this, the curse of sin, you effectively were disconnected from God. Because of sin, not because of you. Sin disconnected you from God, but he loved you. And in that moment, that revelation, when it's the revelation that comes about, when we can say, Jesus, like that aha moment, when you got saved, when you said, I get you, Jesus, like all of a sudden, I get you. In that split second, he is pleased. Because it's, it is what God does in and through you where he could be pleased. He is pleased. He loves you. When you get it, that moment, it's an amazing thing. And so that's what he's saying. He's saying, peace on earth among those whom he is pleased. See, they recognized they were the ones that he came for. In Matthew 10, sorry, 18.10, Jesus later, in, as he is older, speaks about his mission, and it says this. He says, two things I want to share with you. In verse 10, it says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. And he's talking about the, the children. He says, For I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my God, my, sorry, my Father who is in heaven. They always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains to go and search for the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 that never went, went astray. And so it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. See, that is the kind of love, that is the kind of joy, that's the kind of, that's when you enter into his joy, you get to experience that, that oneness, the feeling of Jesus celebrating over you, the feeling that angels are actually worshiping God and praising God in all glory when one comes back into his presence. They, they knew, they, you know it inside of you. Jesus came 
and dwelled among the lowest of the low to save that which is lost, his people. I think sometimes we need to get a heavenly perspective when we, take, when we look outside these walls, when we look at our friends and relatives, our, lo- our loved ones, those that don't have a relationship with God. We need a heavenly perspective to see that they're his. And that we need to be in that place of rejoicing and the declaring. We all want to experience this joy. But the only way that we can experience this joy is by declaring the glory of God and that Jesus Christ is here. I think that there are people in this room even that need to hear the voice of God that says peace among those with whom he is pleased. Because there are people that don't, they don't totally either get that or believe that inside their hearts. For some reason over time, you may be saved even and still have this, like you need to be encouraged. You need to know that God is pleased with you. That he loves you. And he wants all of us to enter into his joy. Hmm. Lord, you desire for all of us to remember you during this season. Not just for this season, but for every single day that we live. That we would relive this encounter that we had with you. Jesus, I pray for each and every person here that we will be those that will shout from the mountaintops, that will shout God into the, into the darkest places, into the places that no one else wants to go. Lord, that we would be people that would declare your glory. Jesus, let us not be like the older brother that when the prodigal son came back, that we got all upset because of the rejoicing in heaven because we didn't get that party thrown for us because we were faithful to you I'm only speaking to a small number of people in this room but I myself have been found in this place Jesus I can testify that you're pleased with me not because of anything I ever did because I get that you, Jesus, are my Savior that you were born you were the miracle person in this room, I pray that there there would be a recapturing of the mystique and the wonder of the miracle of Jesus. Lord, I pray that the noise would be just cut off. 
all the hype, all of the fanfare. We declare right now that Santa did not steal your throne. It's kind of a funny thought. But Jesus, you did come, and I pray that we would come and be the declarers of that kingdom, that miracle, that love. And I pray, Jesus, right now that you would bring a boldness to each one of us which only comes through the Holy Spirit. You cannot manufacture this. I pray that every person in this room, you would fill them right now with the Holy Spirit and give them a download of just how good you are. Jesus, give them a download of how much you love them. Give them a download right now, Jesus, of your presence. And lift off the barriers we ourselves have taken on over time. God, we realize that the, the, sometimes time itself lends to the disconnect. And I pray, Jesus, that we would have that revelation of the greatness of God and how wonderful you are, Jesus, that you would declare it even to the lowest of people first before all people. You brought value to where others did not value. You spoke life and a future over those who had no future and spent their lives toiling. that we bump into at the grocery store. Guys, can I make it? Might be weird. Maybe not. On your seat, there are these little cards here. Please take them with you. There's a bunch more at the Info Hub. We have Christmas Eve services. For some reason, people will tend to go to this service more than any other service during the year. Unless they're asked specifically and even when we ask that we show deep love and interest in those that we do I'm an extrovert and I can make conversation with a wooden pole but I will tell you that sometimes it's daunting to ask someone to come to church with me because of all the things, the reasons why they would say no. Sometimes the enemy 
psychs you out before you even get into the game. And let's, let's press forward knowing that Jesus already destroyed the works of the devil. So we don't have to agree with that, right? We don't have to agree with the enemy's lies that he speaks into our, into our lives, into our minds. Take these little cards. When you go to Hannaford, Market Basket, Shaw's, give them to the people that are serving you. And say, I would love for you guys to come. Those are times where you are going to see someone face to face and have at least 15 seconds <laughs> of conversation time. Those people that God put in front of you may in fact be there on purpose to come to know Jesus. That 15 seconds. Don't take that for granted. You don't know. You don't know how important a simple task like this is. We are so blessed. We <laughs> um, we have services at five, three and five on Christmas Eve. We have a bunch of signs that we need to go put around the neighborhood here. And Thursday mornings, we have changed our prayer location from downtown to right here. Uh, I, there's this little coffee shop I've fallen in love with. Still going to go there, but not when it's intentional time to pray and, and walk around our city. Because this right here in this city block is our city. And so myself, Jimmy's out there with me. Andrew's out there with me sometimes and we, we get together and we pray and we walk intercede for our city now we're shifting our focus where it belongs right here and I pray that every house on the city block is reached every one how amazing would that be I honestly don't care if the rest of Manchester gets saved <laughs> If people in, the, in these city blocks are reached, we've done what God has called us to do. And I'm not going to devote my time and attention to issues that we know are here. I, I want to speak to this too. Because sometimes we get so, man, when we hear about the heroin epidemic, epidemic suicide, those are, just, those are just symptoms of the problem. We need to focus our attention on the people and not on the symptoms. And we need to reach those people. And so let us just show the, the Holy Spirit to these folks. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 